everyone. Welcome back to Hope for Today. I'm so glad you're joining me on this podcast. I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. And looking forward, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And I don't know if all of you will, you know, be on the next up-and-coming podcast. So I'll say that ahead of time to make sure that I got to wish you a Merry Christmas. So today, we're going to be in Titus. We're going to be in Titus chapter 3. So for myself... I get asked a lot, like, what do you do for your personal Bible study and prayer time? And my prayer time is 24-7. I, I have to say, I have moments where I, like, will pray a long prayer time and list and things like that. Sometimes I will force myself and say, I'm not asking for anything. I'm only thanking the Lord and taking a time to um, the time and a moment to remember and reflect on who He is, what He means to me, um, all that He's provided, and it definitely kind of puts me back in my place of where I need to be and being grateful and thankful for all that he's provided and stop asking. That's not to say he doesn't want us to ask, but you know, sometimes when we ask and ask and ask, we kind of forget his rightful place. And so I wanted to be respectful and I'll do that. And then I have been doing a study on three things. If you want to know what they are, if you're curious, I'm always curious about what people do. And um, I'm doing a study on Judaism and what they believe and why they believe it. And I'm just very curious. And I think it's been very good. I've been doing a study on Mormonism. I'm not converting to either Judaism or Mormonism. Don't hear that. I'm only doing a study on that and understanding what they think they've interpreted to what I know is truth in the Word of God. And then I'm doing a study on the book of Titus. So that brings us to chapter 3 in Titus today. Now, if you go to the beginning of the book of Titus, it's about different areas of the church and leadership in church and the pastoral role and, and all of that. But now we're getting into the end of the book where it's talking about not only to the leaders, um, where Paul was talking to Titus to say, hey, this is what, you know, you need to tell your people these things. But it's also talking to us as Christians. And... Um, it was interesting because there's been certain things that have been, I would say, an annoyance, if I can say it that way. And I, you know, I, I, I'm just like my dad. We're very black and white people. And that's, if you ask our opinion, you're going to get our opinion. So we tend to keep our mouths shut because when you ask, you will get it. And I see things on social media. I see, I see and hear conversations in church, right in, you know, in the meeting, in the worship center, and that are inappropriate. I hear my friends, my family talking about these things and I know I'm going to get in trouble for this podcast. Let's just say that. Some of you are going to be a little like, what? So we're going to go right to the Word of God and you need to remember this is from God's Word. This is not from the book of Lynn. And we're going to talk about what does God tell us. Okay, let's read Titus 3 right now. Verse 1. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak no evil of anyone, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. So, yeah, hmm, this is a hot topic. And um, like I said, you're probably going to be a little annoyed with me today. Some of you, not all of you. I hope to have some rally behind me and say either I need to change or that you are correct and I agree with you. 
But I want to take a minute and, you know, let's look at different, uh, what would you say, organized units that God has put together. God has put together a family unit. God has put together the unit of a marriage. He's put together the unit of church assembling ourselves together. He's put the, together the unit of government. And if we look in the book of Daniel, Daniel 2.21, um, it's where God says he removes kings and sets up other kings. In Daniel 2.21, it says, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. It says right there, God removes kings and God sets up other kings. Now with that being said, it does not say that in our lifetime we are going to substitute king for you know leadership in our government, president, vice president, senate, house of representatives, all of that. But it does not say I will remove the good or I will remove the bad and that I will set up the good or I will set up the bad. It says he removes kings and sets up other kings. Let's go to Romans chapter 13 verse 1. Every person is to be subject to the governing, governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God. We as Christians have become so entitled it's all about us as christians and i'm going to use my head and you know they got the little and if you don't think you're entitled you're probably the one on the other side of this camera going excuse me what is she talking about i work in a christian environment i serve in ministry in several areas um, not only where i work but in my church we actually help serve at a secondary church. We always call it, we double dip. And we are involved in many aspects of ministry. That's what our family does. We're involved in ministry full time, all the time. So we are surrounded by Christians. And I've said many times, I would rather work in a secular environment and I'd rather work in the world than have to put up with a lot of the Christians that we put up with. Our Christian family and friends worldwide no matter where you go, are becoming more and more entitled. We call ourselves Christians, and you hear people say things because, well, I'm a Christian. That doesn't give you the right to do anything more, better, or anything else than anyone else. You know, the Lord himself, when he was here on the earth, took a humble position in serving. If you look at the Lord's ministry, you know, the Lord did not have a fancy house. He didn't have a fancy chariot or the best tent in town. You know, he didn't have a lot of money. I would not say the Lord had the, probably the most luxurious wardrobe. He ate humble food. He went to humble homes. He went to places that most people, us nowadays, most of us would never go to. The Lord served in a very humble, passionate way. He was here to serve people. He was here to show people to himself. He was here to teach. He was here to mentor. He was here to establish a, like a foundation of where to move forward from. He was here to build up those 12 disciples and pull them together and get them to serve. The Lord had a purpose while he was here and he did it well. And he is our example of what we should be. And yet we walk around, to me, a lot of us, with our nose in the air because we're born again Christians and we think we know all that. 
excuse me, but if we go back to Titus, it says, Speak no evil of no one. Be peaceable, gentle, showing humility to all men. And the beginning of it says to remind them. He's telling them, telling Titus to remind them they are subject to rulers and authorities and to obey. Now, we need to stop with the attitude. Okay, I'm going to be blunt and I'm going to just say that. If we, we need to really think about what we're doing. Let's stop right there. What is our purpose? We are now born again Christians. We have one purpose and one purpose only. That is to win people to Christ. It's all about the gospel and it's about the word of God. That is the bottom line. It's not about me. It's not about what I can gain. It's not how I can get better. Now, putting aside all the blessings that God gives us and all the wonderful opportunities God gives us, absolutely 100%, that, that's kind of over here. I'm talking over here. Our baseline is that we are to share the word of God. We are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to draw people to Christ. I have watched Christians with the biggest, ugliest attitude in town and act like, you know, excuse me, you were in my pew, you were in my seat, you were serving in my department, or, you know, you, you did whatever, and, you know, oh, why would I want to come and listen to anything you had to say about the Lord Jesus Christ? I, I don't want anything to do with a Christian like that. I don't want anything to do with a God if that's how your God acts. I don't want that. I don't want to be in your church if that's the way your church is. What are we doing, people? We have one life to live. One. One life to live. One life to make an indentation. One life to leave an impact. One life to serve and to give back to the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and for your sins and to be able to say, Lord, I appreciate love and respect all that you did and it is my turn. I want to give you something back and what can I do? I can serve him with an open heart, a humble heart, a heart filled with peace and a not a mouth filled with evil words. We need to, we really need to buckle down on this. Now, why am I bringing all this up? Well, two reasons. Number one, I'm studying the book of Titus, and I have found 99.9% .9 of the time when God has either spoken to me or has shown me something that there's a whole line of people behind me that are saying, that's just what I needed. Or, oh, I never thought of that. I'm so glad you showed that to me. You know, God's been working on my heart about that. So number one is I'm studying the book of Titus, so I'm just going to share with you. I told you these podcasts are based on things that God has put in my life currently. And number two, I'm really just tired of the so-called Christians that um, are point blank making fun of our leadership on social media, like I mentioned, at church, at other events, you know, maybe at your dinner table. I am not saying that every leadership we've ever had, let's just say my lifetime, all those that have been in leadership in our government, I cannot say I have been 100% right on board with them at all. I cannot say that. There are maybe some aspects of their leadership, maybe their leadership style I enjoyed, maybe I didn't enjoy, decisions they've made, and so on and so forth. So right there, let me stop. We have to remember one thing in particular, and I, I say this all the time. 
if we're going to say as Christians, I'm going to burn that, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to make a campaign, and I'm going to scream and yell, and I'm going to do all the rest. If we go back to the verse, it says, speak no evil, do things peaceably and humbly. How does that fit into what God has told us to do? He's given us instructions. I understand that you get fired up. I understand all of that. I also understand there are times where the Bible says you follow the leadership unless it goes against scripture point blank. That still does not mean that we put them down and backlash and talk angrily and have an attitude and, you know, we're Christians, we're not going to do. First of all, if there's a problem with our leadership, you have to remember 99% of the time at least current day, they're probably not born-again Christians, which means they're going from a different set of rules. They go by a different rule book. We as Christians follow the Word of God. If you're meeting a believer, whether it's somebody in leadership or somebody that you've just met, and they're in like a sinful situation, and you're like, you shouldn't be doing that, they're blind. They don't understand what the Word of God says. Our number one goal is to win them to Christ and then let and allow the Lord to work through their life. So if you're annoyed with whoever is in leadership in our government, whether it's local or national, when is the last time you prayed for that particular person? You know, they need the Lord just like anyone else. I know, I get that we can be angry and annoyed and frustrated and just sick and tired of nonsense. I totally get that. I live in the same world as you. I live in the same country as you. I get it. But that doesn't mean because of that, that it means I cannot pray for these individuals. Number one, that they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. You know, I'm never gonna change anything, but the Lord can change things. I am not in a position to change the leadership of this country other than maybe voting and things like that. But I'll tell you, prayer is the most powerful tool that we have. We can commit this to the Lord. We can pray to the Lord. You know, we forget that the Lord says, I will provide for you. I will take care of your needs. My needs are met. Why am I worrying about certain things when my needs are met? We just get on campaigns and we get on this thing. We get on a, what do they call it, a soapbox. And we start complaining, yeah, did you hear this? And did you know that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What kind of an example are we setting for our children? How many of us have spoken harshly about maybe police department, EMT, the fire department, in our local community, and well, they this and they that, and you have our children listening. And so then our children are going to pick up our attitude. Why should I listen to that police officer? You know, my parents drilled in my head. They were this, that, and the next thing. That is not what the Bible says we should be doing. Let's break this down. Let's go back. And it says, remind them to subject, be subject to rulers and authorities. We are to be in submission to the rulers and authorities. If you get pulled over by a police officer, you should be respectful. Whether you like and like it or not, and you got pulled over, you should be respectful. I have Christian friends and family that will tell me, oh yeah, I only go about 10, 15 above the speed limit. Now I know I'm stepping on some toes here. There are laws of the land and there are things in place. Maybe a certain area I think is ridiculous that, you know, maybe they have 35 speed limit. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to me. 
it's the law of the land. If you're going 40, 45 and you get pulled over, why are you swearing or getting upset over a police officer who pulled you over when you are not the one obeying the rules? It's plain and simple. And yet we are the ones that get the attitude. You should be doing the speed limit. You should be paying the tolls. You don't like certain things? Vote correctly. You don't like other things? Get involved in a government position if you can to try and make a difference. But honestly, when is the last time you all prayed for somebody in leadership in our government, whether it's local or national, and honestly lifted them up? I remember, I think it was Emily Barnes. I read one of her books. I think it was her, and she broke down how you can pray, you know, because there's so many things to pray for. And I think Monday was pray for government, and Tuesday was pray for church, and Wednesday was pray for. And I've gotten away from that. And I was thinking when I was doing this, that was a great thing to do because you can't remember, and you just won't remember every day to pray for certain things. But if you could break it down that on Mondays, you know that you're going to just lift our government leadership up in prayer. You know, you think, well, what could I do? What, I'm one person. I'm praying. You know, there's more power in your pinky because you have the Holy Spirit living inside you that when you go before the Lord and you go boldly before the throne of God to ask your Heavenly Father, Lord, we have a need, and you are humbly submitting yourself to the Lord in prayer, you'd be amazed what can happen. But think if your whole church got on their knees and asked the Lord, Lord, we need change in our country. Lord, we need change in our leadership. Lord, we need direction. Lord, what part can we take in this? Lord, how should we be doing things better? If your whole church, what if your whole the whole county or your whole town, every church got on their knees before the Lord? Then let's break it down. Maybe the whole state got on, all the Christians got on their knees before the Lord on Monday night. And now we've got the whole nation on Monday nights, every born-again Christian on their knees, humbly going before the Lord and asking the Lord to intervene in whatever, whatever area of our leadership of government that we feel is not correct. Can you only imagine the power behind that prayer if we as Christians could gather and shut our mouth and stop putting things on social media that are inappropriate and disrespectful? You know, the Lord has no tolerance for disrespect. Over and over and over in the Bible, he talks about that. The leadership in your church, be respectful of your pastor and his wife. You're not going to agree with everything they say and do. They are a human being and they're different from you. The eldership or the deacons or whatever, you know, the, the levels and the different um, trustees or whatever you call them in your church. I know every church has a different terminology. These are the people that God has put in those positions. Are they perfect? No way, Jose. They're not perfect. I've been in leadership. I have my own sin. I am not perfect. I am far from perfect. But if I've been in, put in a position for a time, if you came up and respected me and peacefully talked to me about something versus screaming and yelling at me and bad-mouthing me to someone else in the church, we'd have a whole lot of a uh, revival in our church, I believe, because we would all be more accountable to each other and be more humble to each other and be more respectful to each other, that it would just change our hearts in a better way to serve the Lord. Okay, remind them to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to obey, to get ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, and slow, slow showing, excuse me, showing 
all humility to all men. Number one, we need to be subject to our rulers and authorities. Done. God's word, not Lynn's book. God's word. We are to be subject to rulers and authorities. We are to be submissive and respectful. Number two, we are to speak no evil. Stop sitting there opening your mouth and saying terrible, disrespectful, joking. Oh, I was just joking. No, 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 no. There is no joke. When you joke, you're putting somebody down with a little giggle to make it a little lighthearted. We are not to be doing that. How many of us do that? I'm a wife. I have a husband. I need to respect. I have grown men in my family that are my children. Not only do I have to remember they're my children, but they're now grown men and to be respected. But my, I've always, somebody once told me, and I've always remembered that, even when my, my, my men, my sons, were little guys, they're still, once they accepted the Lord, they're my brothers in Christ. It goes beyond just being my sons. Now they're my brothers in Christ, and they are due my respect. So even in raising them, I had to catch myself in how I raised them. Yes, I might be their mom and in authority, but they're still my brother in Christ, and there's a level of respect that goes along with that. If you have a daughter, you have a level of respect. You know, she might be a teenager. She might be just driving you crazy. You want to pull your hair out. But if she is saved and a believer, she's your sister in Christ, there is a level of respect that is due her. Change that level of respect. Change your attitude. You're probably going to change the situation greatly. Be peaceable. If we went about things in a more peaceable fashion, we'd get a lot more done. I have worked many years in my career. I've had many different styles of bosses and leadership. I had one boss that screamed and yelled all the time. We got along, but he would scream and yell at everybody else. The office was always on edge. The work didn't get done correctly. It just made a horrible situation. Another person stepped into that same role who was more compassionate, very firm. He let you know this is the level of, um, what would you call it, you know. Here, here's where the bar is. This is where I want things to be done. But said it in a very peaceful, peaceful way, a very compassionate way, and very calm and gentle. He was very humble about it. You know what, we just jumped right on there. What can we do for you? We wanted, we were longing to work more for him, wanting to do more for him, wanting to perform better because he respected us. Be gentle. We get so rough with each other. You know, you might as well just be like a dog and, and a toy in your mouth and you're just, that's how we treat each other. That's how we treat our leadership. We maybe not physically treat our leadership that way, whether it's government, in the church, or in the home. But we do that mentally and emotionally and verbally, and that's just as bad. The last one is to show humility to all men. We are to be humble. We are not all that because we are a Christian. We are only a Christian through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't see the Lord as an example when he was on this earth about, you know what, do you know who I am? I am God's son. I am Jesus Christ. He did not walk around with an attitude, did the total opposite. And you know, we as Christians are supposed to be taking our example from the Lord. And I look at some of us and I think, who in the world did we take our example from? We are no different than the people we put down. I really want to challenge you today. I, it is just something after reading the book of Titus, 
I myself have always had a passion for we are to respect those in authority, whether you like it or not. God has put them in there. He has put kings in and he will replace those kings. God is in charge of the government, not me and not you. Yes, we can vote. Yes, we can pray. We could do all that. But for such a time as this, God has put people in place and he has allowed us to be part of this historical moment. I don't know why. Sometimes you kind of, you know, you scratch your head and you think, why in the world am I alive during this time? I can't answer that for you, but you can take that to the Lord. And the Lord says, if you lack wisdom, let, let them ask. Ask the Lord, why in the world do you have me here? What is my purpose? First of all, number one, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. After that, that's between you and the Lord. He created you. He breathed into you. If he's giving you breath today, he has a purpose for you. And go back to Titus 3. If you don't want to listen to me and if I got you all riled up and all annoyed, but Lynn, you don't understand. No, I do understand. I live in the same country as you. I live in the same time period in history as you. But Titus 3 has not changed since, the God, since God has written his words for us. He has told us what to do. We are to obey it and we are to do it. And if you have a problem with that, you take that to the Lord. And you ask the Lord to humble your heart and redirect you and make you a better person to not only serve our country and our community and your church and your family, but to serve him with a better attitude, a more respectful attitude, an attitude of peace, speaking no evil, being gentle and humble. I'm going to challenge you with that. I really am. So leave me a comment below and I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me. My email is also listed in the comments below. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next week on the next podcast at Hope for Today. Don't forget to bring your coffee next week, and we can sit and enjoy company together, same time, same place. Thank you.